I heard a story about a minister who woke up in the middle of the night one night in his house, and this was way back in the olden days, so much so that he was wearing a nightgown and had a lamp. A lamp as in a, a lamp with an actual candle and a fire in it, not like a, an electric lamp. So this was quite some time ago. And he was walking around his house, and he, he heard a noise, and it, it stirred him in the middle of the night. And uh, he, he searched through his dark house to see what the noise was. And uh, as the story goes, he came face to face with the devil himself. And his response was this, Oh, it's just you, and then blew out the candle. Hey there, my name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Hey there, welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace, and today we have uh, we have a little something fun for you. Um, if you're listening to this, um, then it is most likely Halloween Sunday, um, which, you know, didn't know that was ever going to be a thing, but, you know, it, it, it is apparently. And uh, today we are talking about a subject that is pertinent to, to this holiday. Now, let me just qualify this. I'm not releasing this podcast in celebration of Halloween um, because, quite frankly, I, I don't personally feel inclined to celebrate Halloween. Now, I'm not freaking out on you if you like to wear costumes or trick-or-treat or whatever. Um, you know, there's some fun ways to do that without celebrating death and, and fear and things of that nature. Um, and if you're curious about, you know, why I feel that way. I did a podcast last Halloween called Should Christians Celebrate Halloween? And I got into some of the the things behind that. And um, like I, I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with having, you know, costume parties or anything like that. But I do think there's something wrong with Christians celebrating death and and fear, because quite frankly, those are things that don't have any place in our life. Because uh, if you study the New Testament, you see that uh, Jesus overcame the fear of death. And Halloween, for a lot of people, in a lot of ways, is a celebration of fear and death. <laughs> so, um, without being, you know, too dogmatic about that, I, I uh, you know, quite frankly, don't don't want to celebrate that. But at the same time, I do want to put out something that's relevant to this time of year. And fall is one of my favorite times of year. And and despite the fact that I don't celebrate Halloween, I still really love this time of year. And I love the fall. I love October. And I just felt in, inclined and impressed to release a podcast that would be uh, relevant to to this time. And uh, the title, as you may have seen, and probably obviously did see if you pressed play, is Ghosts. And uh, we're going to talk about some things uh, pertaining to the subject of ghosts and spirits, demons, ghouls, goblins, whatever you want to call them. And uh, do they exist? And if they do exist, what should our response be to them as Christians? 
So I started out the podcast in the intro talking about that story of the minister who (laughs) woke up in the middle of the night in his house and came face to face with the devil himself. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the legend of that story is surrounding Smith Wigglesworth. Now, I'll be honest with you, I really have not done my research as to whether or not that story is true. Um, It's just something I heard and I really liked, so I thought I'd tell it, and the spirit of it is right, because the truth is, we should not be afraid of the devil, and if there was anybody that the devil would feel the need to visit himself, it probably would have been Smith Wigglesworth, but he wasn't afraid of him, and neither should we uh, be afraid of the devil. And the devil uses um, this time of year to try and provoke and invoke the fear of death and the fear of demons and the fear of ghosts and the fear of torment and things of that nature. And quite frankly, that has no place uh, in the life of a believer. And I'm going to get into some scriptures that talk about why. But first, in the beginning of this podcast, I'll, I'll just uh, touch on this subject. Um, do ghosts exist? Do ghosts exist? And I'll, I'll read uh, some Old Testament scripture to kind of uh, establish what I believe the Bible teaches about that subject, and uh, we'll get into some good stuff today. Um, so in the book of uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 28, it's talking about Saul. And Saul had come to basically the end of his life, and he's about to face the biggest battle against the Philistines he's ever faced. And obviously he feels cut off from God. And so he ends up going to a medium to try and find out the outcome of this battle. But the ironic thing is he actually goes to her and he asks her to call up the ghost of Samuel. Now, what's interesting about this is that when he he tells this woman to do this, you know, she does it. And the Bible actually says in 1 Samuel 28, without me reading everything, she says, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. And so he said, what is his form? And she said, an old man is coming up and he's covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. And Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? So we see that however this happened, for whatever reason, this woman actually called up Samuel like himself, like it wasn't a ghost, like in the sense of an impersonation, it wasn't a demonic spirit. It was Samuel's actual spirit. His ghost came and spoke with them. And he's like, what are you waking me up for? Why are you disturbing me? And so we see in the Bible that there's actually such a thing as communicating with a human spirit. Now, I will say this, this was before Jesus broke the chasm between Abraham's bosom and Hades, as it were. There's a whole teaching I could get into about that. And led captives captive or and, and led um, a train out of <laughs> that place, basically. There's a whole big thing in there. I'm not going to get into that right now. But suffice it to say, you know, this was before people went to heaven, per se. Uh, good men, godly men went to Abraham's bosom. So I guess Samuel got summoned from Abraham's bosom. But here's the thing I do want to point out about this is that human spirits don't remain on the earth. And she had to call him back to the earth from where he was. And there are demons and there are disembodied spirits that roam the earth. Now, that may freak you out. Maybe you don't like that. Maybe you don't want to believe that. Well, you're better off believing it (laughs) than not believing it. But it's the truth. 
And when it comes to things on the earth, you know, people sometimes think that they're communicating with disembodied humans or or their ancestors or things of that nature. But the truth is, they're not on the earth anymore. Uh, people, well, I'll say it to you like this, and this is kind of a sobering thought, but people go up or they go down, but they don't hang around. <laughs> but there are demon spirits that roam the earth, and they impersonate people. They they impersonate people that they were familiar with or they were around. I mean, this is what the Bible refers to as a familiar spirit. And anytime you have a familiar spirit, it's somebody who, it's a spirit that was familiar with somebody on the earth, so they impersonate that person. And, and honestly, this is one of the reasons why you have paranormal activity, quote unquote, it's just a demonic manifestation. And, and familiar spirits are spirits that try to gain access to people who were close to people that they were familiar with, if that makes sense. So Jesus talked about this. He said that there are spirits that go through dry places when they're cast out of a person or when they when they leave a person, basically. Now, now I think this can apply to whether or not a demon is cast out of a person, you know, by somebody saying, get out of them in the name of Jesus, or it can apply to people who die and the spirits leave that body. Uh, let me say it to you like this. A ghost needs a host. <laughs> If that makes sense, a ghost needs a host. And it, Jesus said, a spirit goes through the dry places and he looks for a rest, basically. He looks for a place to rest and finding none, he returns to the home. He returns to, and it says, have, finding it swept clean and put in order, he goes and takes seven more worse than him and goes back and occupies that place. It says he goes to the home. What is that? Familiar. Familiar spirits going to familiar people, this is where you get what we call generational curses. So you have generational curses. A lot of times that's just familiar spirits seeking to influence people that were close to the ones that they influenced growing up or whatever the case was. And you know, you don't ever have to be subject to a generational curse. A lot of that is just fear and it's just yielding to fear. You don't actually have to be subject to that. Uh, if you choose not to be. But familiar spirits, things of that nature, generational curses, a lot of times these are just spirits that were familiar with somebody or familiar with something and they're seeking to influence. They're seeking to have access through that host because there's a familiarity there. And, and if they can convince that person that, oh, this is my mom talking to me, or this is my grandmother talking to me, or this is my, my ancient ancestor talking to me, this is what we really got to watch out for teaching and some of these, you know, um, different, you know, addiction programs and stuff like that, that, oh, you just need to find your higher power. You just need to find your higher power. And the implication is it can be anything as long as you have a higher power. Well, that's all that matters. But the truth is that's not all that matters. Um, you know, just having a higher power, you know, there are demons that could be considered higher powers. No, you want to know Jesus. <laughs> you want to know God. Everything else is danger zone. It's dangerous. And I don't, I don't recommend that. Uh, it's a very, very, very dangerous thing. But, you know, spirits look for hosts. Spirits look for access in people's lives. And that's why you have to resist those things. And a ghost needs a host. And, you know, people talk about the devil made me do it. The devil made me do that. You know, there's some horror movies that came out recently. And I believe the title of it was The Devil Made Me Do It. 
And, you know, the truth is the devil can't make anybody do anything. He wants you to think that he can make you do stuff. Now, now, people who don't know Jesus and are in darkness, in a sense, they are bound to the devil because they have no light. But at the same time, they don't have to be. And if they would choose to be born again, if they would choose Jesus, Satan couldn't stop them. Satan really has no power other than people yielding their will to him. And especially a born-again child of God, Satan can't make you do anything that you don't want to do, that you choose not to do. He didn't make you do anything. He didn't make you have an affair. He didn't make you do this or make you do that. No, that's a lie. People yield themselves to the devil. They give him access. They give him place. And one of the ways people do it is through fear. And that's kind of what we're going to go on today is talking about fear and talking about resisting fear because that's the thing about Halloween that is the really the trademark of it is the celebration of fear. I mean, you have people going to see horror movies and watching movies that are just fostering fear. I'm not a fan of of the ministry of fear in any way, shape, or form. And, and, and you know, we got to be careful about entertaining or, or giving out anything that ministers fear, even as a joke. We don't want to minister fear ever. God, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that we don't ever want to play, play games with fear. Now, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and that's a holy awe and a reverence of Him. But we have no place in our lives, no, no, there should be no place in our lives for the fear of death. It shouldn't be a part. And, you know, uh, everyone has a choice. And uh, I'll say this, when, when Jesus, in Matthew 8, I'll read this scripture. Matthew 8, uh, it's talking about the two demon-possessed men. And it says that when he came to this country of the Gergesenes, there met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. So these are two demon-possessed men. And they're so terrifying, they're so frightening to people that people won't even go there. Uh, have you ever heard about this before? Oh, we don't go into that house. It's haunted. <laughs> Listen, let me just say this. I'm recording this in a, in a friend of mine's house that I'm house-sitting this week. It's October 26th, so we're just five days away from Halloween. I'm by myself. It's a big, dark house. I'm all alone. And can I tell you what? I actually took a shower here the other day, and unlike all the horror movies portray, nobody murdered me. Can you believe it? I'm still alive. And you know, uh, <laughs> a lot of people get scared and afraid of of haunted houses and, and this thing and graveyards and things. Listen, graveyards... There's no activity in graveyards. <laughs> and if there are, they're demon spirits that are under your feet. You don't need to be afraid of this and that. Now, you don't need to go somewhere you don't need to be if God tells you not to be there. You need to be led. But don't be afraid of, of demon-possessed this or, 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 oh, there's ghosts, this is a haunted place. Listen, listen. Now, like I said, you don't need to go somewhere. If the Lord tells you not to go there, you don't need to be there. But we should not be afraid of haunted anything. Now, now this is humorous because it's easy to say this, and you know, if you're easily startled, it's kind of funny. One time, I was, I was sitting with my little brothers in their bedroom, and I was spending the night at my parents' house with them, and 
Um, I was telling them all about how you don't have to be afraid. You know, God has not given us the spirit of fear. And right as I was saying that, my stepdad had come around the side of the house and he shined a flashlight under his chin and banged on the window. (laughs) And right as I'm like preaching them this sermon about not being afraid, I like screamed like a little girl because I got startled. So (laughs) I'm not trying to preach something I don't practice. You know, being startled is one thing, okay? But we're not supposed to be afraid of haunted houses or this and that or or things that, you know, people say, oh, don't go down there. It's cursed. No, for a child of God. I don't know if you saw the 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 series, The Chosen. Um, in season two, the first episode, oh, it was my favorite line that they put in there. It was Jesus was staying the night at these people's house. And they said, now, don't take this bedroom. It's haunted by my great-grandmother. And Jesus goes, ooh, I'll take that one. (laughs) I laughed so hard at that, and I loved that, because I totally believe that's the way Jesus was. He was not afraid. And we see that in this passage, where nobody else would go. Nobody else would pass that way. They wouldn't go by that house. They wouldn't go by that thing. And it says, when Jesus passed that way, Watch what happened. They cried out saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, the Son of God? Have you come here to what? Torment us. Oh, glory to God. What are so many of these horror movies portraying? People being afraid of being killed or tormented by demons or ghosts (laughs) or serial killers or whatever it is. But in this passage, oh, glory to God. We see that the demons were afraid of being tormented by Jesus. Oh, man. In other words, as Michael Scott said, well, 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 how the turntables. (laughs) These demons are afraid of the anointing on Jesus. They're afraid of being tormented by the glory of God, by the light. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And they begged Jesus, it says, to cast them into a herd of swine. And they're groveling on their face. They're, they're begging Jesus to have mercy on them. Does this sound like a scary ghost to you? How many horror movies have ever portrayed Michael Myers begging Jesus to have mercy on him? Begging Jesus not to torment him. How many of these movies have Freddy Krueger begging Jesus? Oh, God, gosh, please, Jesus, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. Oh, but can I tell you the reality of it is no matter what wicked, foul, evil spirit is out there, if the manifestation of the anointing is there, they get on their face. The Bible says that the demons believe and tremble. Don't you ever buy into this lie that you should be afraid of a demon, afraid of a ghost, afraid of this, afraid of that. Man, I'm not going to use the colorful vernacular that's coming to my mind, but that's a bunch of junk. It's a bunch of junk. It's a lie. You walk in the anointing, you walk in the presence of God, demons are afraid of you. Not you as a human, but they're afraid of Christ in you, the hope of glory. You do not have to be afraid of any kind of foul spirit or ugly spirit. You don't have to be afraid of any haunted this or haunted that. No, that's not that's not who we are. God has not given us the spirit of fear, and greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Thank you, Lord. And demons are afraid of the anointing, and they're also afraid of being disembodied. That's why they beg Jesus to send them to the swine. And they look for anything that will give them a hold over their host. Now, here's the thing. First of all, a a child of God cannot be demon-possessed. 
you are already indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But a demon can gain access and influence over your mind and your thoughts if you allow him to. And they will use anything that, that they can use to do that, whether it's temptation, whether it's anger. And the thing I want to emphasize is fear. You know, demons are more afraid of you than you are of them. But if you fear demons, if you fear curses, if you fear these things, you gain, you give them access to you. It's not that they have it automatically, but you, you make them into something that they're not by being afraid of them. You, you give them power that they didn't have before when you're afraid of these things, curses, this and that. And it's not just about Halloween, ghouls, and goblins. It's about being afraid of anything. Being afraid of, you know, uh, I don't know, being afraid of your boyfriend or girlfriend breaking up with you. Being afraid of your spouse leaving you. Being afraid of getting cancer or being sick. Getting fr- being afraid of, of losing your job. All these are things that it's this spirit of fear that comes to try and, and pull you into this false sense of being down to earth and, and what is reality. But you know, you don't have to breathe in the atmosphere of hell and fear. Fear is, is the atmosphere of hell and you don't have to breathe that in. If you'll resist fear, you can breathe the atmosphere of heaven and you don't have to be subject to fear and fear doesn't have to have power over you. I'm getting all kinds of ahead of myself, but I'm, I'm excited about this. You know, if you're walking in the anointing, demons are afraid of you. And that's one of the reasons why doctrines of demons are teachings against the manifestation of the anointing. They're okay with godliness apart from the power. <laughs> you know what I mean? A form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. They're okay as long as there's no manifestation of power. I'll read a couple of scriptures here to you about our authority over demon spirits. He says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's Luke 10, 19. In Matthew 10, verse 8, it tells us to heal the sick and cleanse the lepers and raise the dead and to cast out demons. What's cool about that is that that tells me that casting out demons is not any harder for God. It's not any harder for the anointing than healing the sick. Now, a lot of Christians, they'll, they'll pray for people to be healed. Oh, man, but they ain't going anywhere near casting out a demon. They're like, no, we ain't doing that. <laughs> you know, they're like, we ain't going in there. Like Chris Tucker said, you know, we're not doing that. But it's not any harder for the anointing to cast out a demon than it is to heal somebody or, or to, to pray for somebody's sickness. And then in Mark 16, 17, it says, These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, and they'll speak with new tongues. I'll say this to you. Uh, casting out demons should be as natural for a believer as praying in tongues. Now, on that note, if you don't pray in tongues, you'll probably have a hard time casting out a demon. <laughs> but then again, I want to mention this to you. You know, casting out demons is not always a Hollywood, you know, Constantine exorcism. You know what I mean by that? It's not always this big dramatic thing. Sometimes, in some cases, casting out demons can be just being obedient to God and demons fleeing. The Bible talks about submitting to God and resisting the devil and he will flee. And, you know, I'll say this to you. If you don't cast out demons out of your home first, you may not have an easy time casting them out of others. It's important to be submitted to God 
You see this with the seven sons of Siva in the book of Acts, that they weren't submitted to God and they tried to perform an exorcism and they got their, their you know, rear ends whipped by this demon-possessed man because they weren't submitted to God. Now, I did a whole teaching on this called Lay Down the Law about the authority of the believer. If you're interested in that subject, go back and listen to that. But, you know, casting out a demon could be throwing away pornography. Oh, casting out a demon could be resisting anger. Oh, man. Casting out a demon can be bringing the peace of God into an environment that is full of strife. Oh, glory to God. Uh, And watch this. It can be bringing love into an environment of hate and fear. What does 1 John 4.18 say that perfect love does to fear? It casts it out. Oh, glory to God. It casts it out. So if there's a spirit... Oh, thank you, Jesus. I just saw something I never saw before. If there's a spirit of fear in operation in your life, in your home, anywhere, what do you need to cast that spirit out? You need a manifestation of the love of God. Oh, come on. Thank you, Jesus. You need a manifestation of love. If you're ever attacked by a spirit of fear, You need to meditate on the love of God, and you need to show the love of God to others. Love casts out fear. If you want to cast out a demon, a spirit of fear, how do you do it? Oh, you manifest love. You yield to love. Love is the thing that will get rid of fear every time. Every time. Love will cast out the demon of fear. And it's not always just about some kind of exorcism. Now, there's a place and a time to tell demons to leave and to get out. But one of the most effective ways is to shine the light of love into the darkness because the darkness of fear can't overcome the light of love. And I've never said that before, but man, it's good. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, Jesus overcame evil with good. He overcame darkness with the anointing. He overcame hell with heaven. He, he changed environments from hellish to heavenly. And like I said earlier, you can't cast out Satan if you're going to be yielding to him in an area. You have to be submitted to God, and you have to be walking in, in the anointing. You have to be walking in his presence. You have to be yielding to God and not yielding to Satan in little things. And Satan will try to get you to yield to him in little things that, that aren't right, that you know aren't right, that are the flesh, that are wrong, so that he can gain access. And you can't be yielding to him in one area and resisting him in another. And he knows. He knows. If you're half-hearted with the devil, he knows. <laughs> you got to be all in with it. But when you are all in, and you're walking in the anointing, you're walking in the glory, you're serious about Jesus, You have authority over these things. You have authority over fear. You have authority over demons. And you know, this is why Christians should not be watching horror movies. Now, I I like movies with good suspense, and I'm not against movies like Godzilla and stuff like that. They're fun, and I don't, none of that makes me afraid. But these movies that it's all about ghosts and evil spirits and serial killers and people getting murdered and all this stuff. I'll just be straight with you. Christians shouldn't be watching that stuff. You shouldn't be feeding on that stuff. You shouldn't be going places just to get scared. That's yielding to fear. And listen, if you yield to fear, you're giving place to the devil. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Okay, anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, You know, we're not supposed to be afraid of Satanists. We're not supposed to be afraid of curses. Proverbs tells us that the curse causeless shall not come. In other words, 
an airplane that doesn't have a landing strip can't land. You know, fear gives death a place to land. Oh, glory to God, man. Fear gives the curse a place to land. But if you refuse to fear, a curse can't come on you. I love that Kenneth Hagin said one time that there was a lady that threatened to curse him. And he spoke right up and he said, I double dog dare her to. <laughs> Why? Because he knew that what God has blessed cannot be cursed. And if you don't fear those things, they can't land in your life. The curse can't land in your life if you're not afraid of it. I heard about a, a one minister, he was in another country, and a Satanist, a head Satanist, called him up and began to curse him over the phone. And this minister, he had a revelation of his authority, apparently, because he started laughing at this Satanist. And he, and he said, he said, not only am I not going to be cursed, but Jesus is coming to get you and there's nothing you can do about it. And the Satanist hung up the phone. And uh, he got a call like six months later. And this, this person, this Satanist called him and he said, hey, I'm a Christian now. <laughs> after six months. And he told him the story. He said, right after you said that, a few days later, we were having a seance and Jesus appeared in the fire. Oh man, Jesus appeared to me in the fire. And he said, all of them saw him, but apparently only he was the one that got saved and, and yielded to Jesus. Man, what a manifestation, man. You, Jesus manifests himself in the middle. I don't care what it is. I don't care what's going on. Just like in this book, oh, thank you, Lord. The, the presence of Jesus causes demons to tremble. They're afraid of him. The Bible tells us that Jesus spoiled principalities and made a show of them openly. And can I tell you something? There is a horror movie that's played in hell, but it's not Michael Myers. It's not Friday the 13th. It's not Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not Final Destination. No, the horror movie that's always playing in hell is called the Lord of Glory. In Ephesians, it tells us that, that if, if these, these evil spirits had known what God had planned, they would not have crucified the Lord of Glory. And anytime they want to get startled, anytime demons want to scatter their popcorn, just bring up the Lord of Glory. Oh man, if demons want to get scared at night under their blankets with their flashlights, you know what they tell? They tell Holy Ghost stories. Come on. <laughs> Why? Because they're afraid of the anointing. But Christians have no business being afraid of the devil. They have no business being afraid of death. Now, I know that's a tall order. I know that's easy for me to sit in this house and say that when I'm not being faced with death right now. But I didn't write I didn't write Hebrews 2, verse 14, that says that Jesus overcame the fear of death for us. And perfect love casts out fear. And Colossians tells us that he disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them and triumphed over them. And so I want to say this, you don't have to be afraid of demons because they're not what they crack themselves up to be. You don't have to be afraid of ghosts. You want to give the devil nightmares? You want to scare the devil? Then start seeking the manifestation of the glory of God and stop quenching the spirit in your life. That'll make him afraid. <laughs> that, that'll cause him to flee, the Bible says. When you're submitted to God, he'll flee. Satan will flee. When you're submitted to God, you do not have to be afraid of any of these things. You don't have to give any place to it. And, and before I close this podcast, I'm almost done. I want to say a couple things about fear and, and our response to fear, what it should be as believers. First, I'm going to say this to you. 
Faith is insultingly unresponsive to fear. What do I mean by that? Fear comes on you to try to move you, to try to shake you, to get you to respond to it. Maybe it's fear of a loved one dying. Maybe it's fear of of sickness. Maybe it's fear of financial difficulty. Maybe it's fear of being rejected or heartbroken. Whatever the case is, maybe it's fear of death. Maybe it is fear of ghosts. Maybe it is fear of evil spirits. Whatever it is, the faith of God is insultingly unresponsive to fear. You see this throughout the the Gospels and the life of Jesus. Jesus never, ever, ever responded to fear. He only responded to the voice of his Father and the leading of the Holy Spirit. He did not let himself be moved by fear, and neither should you. And I was praying in the Spirit over this, and I believe the Lord gave me a word about fear last night as I was praying over this subject. And I'll just be bold. I was praying in tongues, and I believe the Lord gave me the interpretation of what I was praying in tongues. And so I'm going to close this podcast by reading what I believe was the interpretation of what I was praying in tongues last night. And this is what I got. Faith refuses to breathe in the cursed atmosphere of the earth. It refuses to live in the reality where fear is still king and death is ruling. Jesus set us free from the fear of death, but we have to live by faith after a higher law and a higher kingdom where there is no fear. It's the law of love and it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that sets us free from the law of sin and death and from the fear of sin and death. The only thing that gives fear and death power in your life is your responsiveness to it. The curse causeless shall not come, and nobody can curse what God has blessed. Refuse fear. Refuse to fear the curse. Laugh in the face of fear. If you refuse to allow fear to reign in your life, death will not be allowed to reign in your life. If you refuse to allow fear to have dominance in your heart and in your mind, the curse will not have any access to you. This includes curses of sickness. Now, this is all stuff that was coming out of that interpretation. This includes the curses that are sent by wicked people. This includes incantations and spells. This includes torment in the soul and in the mind. Depression, spirits of temptation and lust. If you refuse to yield to fear, none of these things will have any access or power over you. Would you like to know why? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death, and it has set you free from the fear of sin and death. Glory to God. Now that is all the interpretation I believe I got of what I was praying out in tongues about this subject about fear. And you don't have to yield to fear. You don't have to yield to any of these things. And listen, Halloween, this time of year, it's not just about costumes or trick-or-treating. Satan is looking for an open door. He's looking for a portal to manifest the fear of death so that he can manifest death. He wants to manifest death and he wants to do it through fear. And when people are yielding to fear, it's like opening, cutting a hole in the wall and saying, come in and manifest the curse. 
That's why Satan likes Halloween, and that's why Christians should not be celebrating it or giving into that. Now, I'm not saying you can't have a costume party at your church. I'm not saying you can't use trick-or-treating it as an opportunity for evangelism. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm saying don't yield to fear and don't celebrate death. That's not for a believer to do. I'm not against costume parties. I like wearing costumes. I'm not against costume parties this time of year. In a a sense, I could do that in defiance of the devil. But I don't yield to fear and I don't celebrate death. Those are the things I'll emphasize to you. Because it's an open door to the curse. And the curse causeless shall not come. Don't give the devil power that he doesn't have in your life. Walk in the Spirit Uh, discover the greater one on the inside of you and begin to manifest that and Satan will be afraid of you. If you walk down the street in the anointing, Satan will be the one looking over his shoulder. Satan will be the one who's scared at night. (laughs) You don't have to be afraid, but you walk in the power and the glory of God, Satan will shake in his boots. Well, praise God. This has been the No Content Podcast. I hope you got something out of this today. I'll talk to you the next time you click play. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you, he loves everyone else, and please don't forget to feed the ducks.